<laughs> well, listen, I, 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 have a, I have a degree in journalism and the thing they kept, uh, they kept pounding into our brains in school was that you need to be objective. And I, I kept having this argument over and over and over with my professors is there's no such thing as objective journalism. Every, every human being has internal biases that they know nothing about, you know, much less their, their explicit biases. They have implicit biases that they don't know. So every bit of information you receive is, is influenced and shaded by the person you're receiving it from. And you receive it in a different manner. Uh, so everything is fake. There's no, there's no one, there's no one truth. There's my truth. There's your truth. There's our truth. Every, every, everything has shading and you just have to learn to balance them. Hey, we got a good show lined up for you today. Oh, well, I'm a Game of Thrones nut. So that's, that's, that's my jam. The robots are listening. The robots are listening. Hey, everybody, welcome to this episode of the Autoconverse podcast, where we explore people, ideas, and technologies that influence how we are connected and the way we get around. I'm Ryan Girardi. Thank you for tuning in. Today is Thursday, January 9th, and I'm preparing for this month's used car marketing dealer strategy session and monthly roundup of the used car business. This is one of six different auto retail marketing webcasts that we conduct each month. And if you aren't familiar with the auto retail marketing webcast series, then head on over to autoconversion.net and look for auto retail under the webcast menu. We just relaunched the auto shopper experience program where we are now featuring real world automotive consumers and shoppers on the webcast to share their experiences doing business with auto retailers. We just had our first session this week where I talked with one consumer who had a serious warranty replacement issue. That was fascinating. And so there was a recall for it. It was under warranty. Um, I took it to the dealership and they took care of it within three days. The car is like brand new. Um, and one thing that I thought was very interesting is um, the dealership says, you know, whenever you need an oil change, you could actually bring it to the dealership and they do the dealer. The dealership does routine work on vehicles. Um, but they go a step further and they actually take a look at everything that needs to be taken care of. So I didn't know that the dealerships actually did the routine work. I just thought like you would bring it to a dealership for a recall or to get parts changed or if you're buying or selling a car. I had no idea that they actually did routine work. <laughs> do, you, do you know from for those that are watching this that uh, that is like headline news, I think, for them. Uh, mm -hmm. to, for, to, to hear that you didn't know that you could take your car to the dealer that you mm -hmm. bought it from for routine service and maintenance. And then the other person I spoke with was an active in-market shopper for a used car. Both conversations shed light on some really keen insights about their understanding of the car business Okay, so you mentioned Cars Direct, Car Gurus. Did you mention a few others? I can't. Uh, Cars.com, Auto Trader. Now, did you this know all these sites no. before? No, not Any at all. Others? Because no, because I'm not you. I don't do the car world, mm -hmm. so <laughs> I just. I mean, Auto Trader's been, been around for 20 years, running TV commercials. You were not familiar with Auto Trader. They were a print no. magazine before. No, the only name. thing that the only thing I'm familiar with. And it's from having bought and sold used cars, you know, uh, my life is Kelly Blue Book. Hmm. They're not even on page one of 
I don't even know if, can you even buy cars through, is there a Kelly Blue Book site? I don't know. Hmm. So you're familiar with KBB, but no, nothing else. Look for that episode to be featured here on the Auto Converse podcast, along with about a dozen other episodes in the queue stemming from sessions dating back to November. Now, in this episode, I have some great sound bites from my conversation with co-host Terry Lancaster from our special Halloween edition of the Mobility Tech and Connectivity Show. In that episode, Terry and I got talking about broadcast hysteria and the art of fake news, a conversation that was sparked because on that day in 1938, Orson Welles' War of the Worlds radio broadcast caused hysteria across the nation. And hysteria, by the way, is also a great Def Leppard song. But I bet you knew that. War of the Worlds came War out of the Worlds. That was 1938. On this day in 1938, uh, Mars attacked. How cool is that? I, yeah. I'm fascinated with early radio. Like it's, I mean, podcasting is what radio was when it came well, out. The, the difference is, or uh, the difference is, but you know, early radio was the, the first true mass media. It was, mm-hmm. it, it mean, because everyone listened, there was, there was no other option. You had, you had a radio in the middle of your living room and everyone was gathered around it. And I, I, I love the whole theater of the mind concept about radio in the first place uh, where it's just, just, you know, just somebody talking into a microphone. Yeah. So War of the Worlds, in case you guys don't know, was H.G. Wells uh, reading the War of the Worlds over the radio, which actually caused a lot of panic. People uh, thought it was really happening. Because because they believed what came out of their radio, much like, you know, the people believe today what what happens on Twitter and Facebook. You know, people believe what you tell them. And so sometimes you got to be careful. Now, later in the show, Terry and I got talking about SoftBank-backed vehicle subscription service provider, FAIR, which had just recently laid off more than 40% of its workforce, including the removal of CFO Tyler Painter, just the brother of the CEO and co-founder, Scott Painter. Well, how are we going to spin this whole uh, this uh, this news bit about the layoffs at FAIR? I mean, FAIR is a... Uh, is a new company on the yeah. up and up. And now yeah. they're laying off something like 40% of its staff, 40% of the staff, their CEO's brother got the can. So that's uh that seemed like a pretty big deal to me when uh, Scott Painter's brother gets, is part of the, is part of the crew getting the boot. So. No, but I, I, I read the article and I, I looked through and SoftBank is the big venture capital that's backing a lot of these and they're behind Uber and they're behind WeWork who have both been in the news in the last week with, with huge layoffs as well. And so I don't know if this was something that, uh, that was kind of mandated from them. The way I read the article and, and, and the article I read said that they were going to concentrate more on their platform and less on the, what was the word, the supply side uh, the capital intensive supply side of our business. We're going to focus, focus on our core technology and reducing cost associated with the capital intensive supply side of our business. So it sounds to me, they're going back to back to the basics and going to concentrate more on that platform and possibly find a way to let other people use that platform instead of them trying to, to do everything and, and sell cars from, from soup to notes or lease cars or subscribe cars or whatever you describe as how they were doing it. So, one th- one thing unique about Fair is they is they 
purchase the vehicle from the dealer once somebody basically wants to, to, to subscribe to the car through the app. So if you think of the finances behind that, I mean, they need um, massive underwriting and securities to make that, to make that possible. Right. Um, and I think as the article says, this move comes amid big changes in automotive and the growth of the gig economy or the sharing economy. And I think if anything that the article that the announcement speaks to is they're trimming their personnel to, to take, like you said, a, a focus on a different aspect of the business that they've, that, that they need a different skill set for because they understand that's where, that's where the market is headed. So, I mean, it's, what it sounds to me like is they're planning on coming back to dealers and, uh, and becoming another lead provider or, or, or advertising service, much like True Carter, which was True Car, which is the, the Scott, uh, Scott Painter thing, and, and, and any others that they're going to, they, they don't want to be the owner of the car. They want mm -hmm. to be the, uh, the marketer. Mm -hmm. the I mean, look, the predicament that all these subscription companies are in, you know, the OEMs in, in many ways have bailed from the subscription model, uh, which when you really look at it, it's just a more flexible way to lease a car. Right. All it is. Uh, but when you look at the economics behind it, there's not much in it for the dealer from a, from a transactional standpoint. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I have a feeling, you know, clutch flex drive fair. I, I have a feeling these companies are, are starting to realize that, that while early, the early adopters, said, yep, let's get, you know, this is a no brainer. Let's give it a shot. Let's start doing it. And yeah, they're, they're bringing on new customers and moving these cars, but financially, I don't think it's, I don't think it's getting into the dealer's pockets the way that the dealer needs to, yeah. to really, uh, to, to really get over that, that, um, that chasm, if you will, of, of mass critical. And it's not bringing in enough new customers to, to move enough metal to make the manufacturers take interest. Right. Yeah. I think they're seeing that. So pretty fascinating development. We'll keep, we'll keep our eye on that. And, um, and thanks for, thanks for finding that as well. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna do a little plug here. I, I did an article series called the underbelly of convergence and Ward's auto picked it up. They it's three articles. They put it out there um, and modern dealership picked it up as well. I, ha I, I thought about it cause I have a copy of it here. Uh, they did a really nice spread. Uh, on the article and they put all three uh, articles in here. It's uh, called the underbelly of convergence. Thanks to. Uh, is, is, is that, uh, is that Dil uh, uh, Kristen Dillard on the cover there? Yes. All right. Yeah. Kristen, right? Yeah. Kristen. Kristen yeah, yeah. From yeah. team auto group. Yep. Team auto North Carolina. Yep. The reason I brought it up is because what I talk about in, in the article is how we're, what we're experiencing right now is this total convergence of industries. The auto industry depending on where you are in the auto industry, I think would you'll define it differently. So I know in our circles, when we say auto, we're thinking of mostly the franchise dealer model, right? right? Uh, NADA, which is our big conference every year, is upwards to 20,000 people every year. Well, if you go into like the enthusiast market and aftermarket, like SEMA, you have mm -hmm. over 100,000 people attending that. That's still automotive too. So automotive as a vertical is massive, especially when you bring in the supply, you know, the supply chain uh, into that. But what's happening is you have these tech companies and these upstart mobility companies, which really are mostly tech and data firms. Uh, what's happening is they're getting into the auto industry as well. 
So I think what we're seeing is this convergence of industries kind of becoming one thing. Yeah. And how, how, you know, is that what we refer to as the gig economy? Is that well, I think you know, if people people have been talking about the tech economy since the since the nineties. You know, the internet bubble in the in the nineties, and that that the tech economy doesn't make a lot of sense because everything's tech. The tech economy is is all the economy. So it's it's converted. Tech is tech is the tool that every economy, every every vertical is is using at some point or another. So. So tech, uh, I've, I've never really understood referring to tech as a separate vertical and a se separate group because it, it really it overlaps into everything. You mean every, you know, there's tech, there's tech in housing, there's tech in healthcare, there's tech in communications. Everything's tech. That's just the way it is. I think that's where Uber, you know, unlike Lyft, which is really focused on ride hailing and sharing, yeah. you know, Uber's really into the, the whole concierge economy right. of, of providing a variety of services, even though they're not profitable. Which I always find fascinating. Right. Um, so maybe fair is, you know, recognizing that things aren't moving as quickly in the direction that they need to be, uh, and they have to, and they have to adapt their model. And Scott Painter's a smart guy, and yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a it's a big pivot. I'll tell you that forty percent of your workforce. Sure, sure. And in the final segment of the show is Terry and I talking about the growing impact that Carvana is having on the auto industry, which is where Terry provides his amazingly witty contrast on where the market is or is not going. I, th I think the important takeaway uh, of, of all of this, and I try, I try to tell everyone, is not necessarily that the market is going to digital retailing or the market is going to everyone has to text or the market is the way it's always been and you have to sit people down and do the 10 steps road to the sale or the thing that I talk about, which is the market is going where you need to develop relationships and, and, and be a friend with people and make more friends and sell more cars, which is, which is, which is my sales pitch. The market isn't going in any of those directions. The market is all over the place because every consumer is all over the place. And what you have to do is be where they are. If you, if you got customers that want digital retailing, then you need to be doing digital retailing. If you've got customers that want hand-holding all the way through every single step of the step and concierge delivery, you need to be able to do that. If there's somewhere in between, uh, the, 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 where we're going is, is you have to be consumer-focused. It's not about you. It's about them. It's not what you want. It's what they want. Mm -hmm. you, have to, you have to be able to bring the heat. Well, that's a wrap for this episode. Thanks again for tuning in. As I said earlier, we have more than a dozen new episodes lined up for you and some incredible new developments that I alluded to in the episode prior to this one. If you like what we're doing, please head on over to iTunes or Google Play. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think about the podcast. You can also go to our Facebook page, Auto Conversion, not to be confused with Auto Converse, and you can leave us a review there. I'm Ryan Girardi. We will see you on the next episode. Hope you have a great day and hope your 2020 is off to a great start. So what else we got? So Virgin Galactic, we mentioned that. Virgin Galactic's now on the New York Stock, Stock Exchange as first um, space tourism company. I think that's cool. 
personally, I've been following Virgin Galactic for a long time. I've blogged about them in Autoverse for years. Mm-hmm. And I, for probably the past 10 years, I've just been fascinated with the idea of space tourism. Yeah. So I find that news exciting. Um, it's coming. It's here in our lifetime, Terry. Yeah. We're going to be in space. We're going to be able to go to space for like, you know, a, a week, a week long getaway or something. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, if you've got, if you've got the right checkbook, you can do it now. You can buy a seat on the uh, international space station and go up there and hang out and, and, and do whatever you want. So, but the, the price point is, uh, is coming back down to where, you know, maybe not everyday people, but, uh, but pretty close to, uh, to regular people. It's not going to, it's not gonna be like booking a cruise on, uh, on carnival anytime soon, but, uh, maybe, uh, maybe, uh, you know, I predict, yeah. I predict, predict in your lifetime, yeah. your old granddad, you, when you're an old granddad yeah. are going to, the economics are going to be there to be able to go for a little, uh, little space cruise. All right. All right. All I right. think it'll, I think it'll happen. This is Audiburst Media.